Hello listeners and welcome to the first ever Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host Kathy, and I'm looking forward to deep diving into a question from my Tell Me More cards today. So the Tell Me More cards, for those of you who don't know, are a deck of 52 cards, just like playing cards, but instead of suits, they have questions on them, open questions, curious questions, conversation starters, and things to get us listening and talking about things that might have a little more significance and uh, really opening up the door to some really inspiring questions and conversations. They've been used by groups in schools, at parties, at the bus stop, on the train, in the car on family journeys, with strangers, with couples, and even used uh, in writing groups and as a solo journaling process. So they have got loads of applications and uh, really just so long as you come with the willingness and the uh, opportunity to listen and, and share, then they really do open up some interesting conversations. The way that the conversations work when used as the cards is you ask a question and that person can answer with as much or as little detail as they like. And the listener might say, tell me more if they feel they want to get deeper into that subject. And of course, that's where we practice our opportunity to have consent and we can say no. Or we can say more, share more if we want to, if we feel inspired to talk more. Hopefully today's guest is going to be uh, willing to share more because we've got a whole chunk of time now to talk to our guest who um, I will allow to choose whether they wish to introduce themselves or not. They received a copy of the chosen question, chosen at random, 30 minutes ago, so they've had a little bit of time to think through what they might want to dive into on this subject. So here goes. Welcome to my humble abode. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, my name's Simon. Um, I'm a bus driver and um, activist and trade unionist, martial artist, archer, swordsman, you name it. And uh, this is my first ever podcast. Well, you and me both, so let's see where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> so you've had your question sent to you about half an hour ago. I did, so you've had yes. a little bit of time to kind of think into that and I'm sure you'll come up with some interesting responses. Do you want to... Um, Read out the question. Yes, so my question was, my random question drawn from the deck yep. of um, Tell Me More cards that you uh, produced, Thank you, which yeah. are brilliant. <laughs> um, my random question is, what have you learned the easy way? Right, yeah. So we're going to dive into that <laughs> and see where it takes us. Int yeah, well, first of all, it's an interesting question because usually the question's framed the other way around. What yeah. have you learned the hard way? Yeah. And it's quite easy to sort of go, oh, yeah, well, you know, I did this. I fell off my bike that mm -hmm. many times or whatever. But what have you learned the easy way? That really got me thinking. Mm. Um, because, you know, what is easy when you're learning something? Yeah, You know, totally. some people are naturally talented about music and can yeah. pick stuff up. Mm. Um I don't sight-read music, but right. I have um, just this natural... I don't understand why people can't hear harmonies. Yeah, I can't right. play harmonies, you right. know? Yeah, um, yeah. And it's just like, it's not that I've learned it or been taught it. I just, why can you not hear, why can you not hear that in your head? Um, but I think the, the after a lot of thought, because, you know, I, said, I, I do archery yeah. um, and martial arts, and I have a reasonable aptitude for that. But I think the, uh, what really leapt out at me in answer to that question 
is trade unionism. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. What have I learned the easy way is trade unionism. Um, oh, and I think right. it's because it's not something that you are naturally gifted with. Yeah, okay, know? yeah. Um, and, but I've been blessed to have some very, very generous teachers along the way. Right. Um, when I've been learning, you know, learning to be a trade unionist. I've yeah. been a union rep for about 10 years. Right. Um, I'm a bus driver. I've been a bus driver for 20 years. And yeah. I've worked in three different depots. Right. All for the same company, which I won't name. Um, <laughs> but I've moved around the country with with the uh, you know, with my job. Yeah. Um, and it's been pretty much in at the deep end when I first started. Right. Right. That's your role. You're going to be the minibus rep. Yeah. And I kind of made it up as I went along. Right. But I had a very very good branch secretary, oh, great. who was supportive when I did things. If he thought I was going the wrong <clears> way, <throat> he would steer me gently. He'd share his experience. Um, and he was kind of a role model for that, mm. um, you know, absolutely scrupulously honest about <laughs> it because you know you can't you can't not be in in that role. So that helped you. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it was ha- he was a good role model, although there wasn't any much actual sort of teaching. Yeah, going on. yeah. Um, and then I went to my next depot, and I already had you know my little bag of tricks I brought from my first depot, yeah. and um, not so much in the depot, but I got involved in the trades council at Preston. Right. And I had some very, very good trade unionists on the Trades Council who would, again, very free with their, their knowledge. Okay. And you could go and say, I've got this bit of a problem, and say, well, have you looked at this bit of legislation, or have you looked at this, or whatever. Okay. Um, and it's never been an effort. So when <laughs> I came to my current depot, um, and I stood for election, I got elected as a, as a rep, um, the two branch officers at the time, were incredibly knowledgeable people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, one of them has gone on to be um, <clears throat> a full-time officer in the union, um, and I can still call on him. If anything crops up there, I'm not sure of, give him a quick call. Um, and the other one has moved on to other things within the company, mm. um, not necessarily through his own choice, but through mm. circumstances. Mm. And again, has always been there if I've ever needed any advice. Right. You know? So do you think it's um, uh, maybe your your ease uh, seeking out that advice that's made? Because a lot of people might might not feel so confident to go. Can you help me with this thing? Or, or uh, you know, to just get that because there's you know there's people around us that have got our like this, um, wells of knowledge, but sometimes we just don't tap into those, do we? And it sounds like from your stories, Absolutely. the people were there, and for you it was quite natural for you to just want to go and tap that information. Well, I don't know if it was to start with. Right. Um, I'm not very good at admitting I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but I, one of the things I have learned from um, one of the branch officers at my that were in my depot, current depot when I took over, um, one of the things I have learned is never start an argument unless you know you're right. Never argue <laughs> a point unless you know you're right. Right. So get your facts sorted out first. Okay. Just because you you think it's wrong, you've got to be able to go and prove it and say you're, yeah. you're wrong and this is why you're wrong. Right. Um, and I, that particular um, rep was just incredibly instructive. Oh, okay. Um, and it was very easy to say to him, I've got a problem, mate. And he was straight, yeah. straight in there with the advice um, and stuff. And I wouldn't have said it to his face, but there was sort of like, um, not exactly a father figure there, but an, an, an older brother figure. Right. You know, right. he was very, very easy to talk to. And yeah. if you if you cocked up, you went and said, mate, I've cocked up. 
I'm yeah. holding my hands up. I've done something really bad here. Right. And he'd go, well, we all did that, you know. Oh, great. So, and if he'd, you could always make one mistake with him. If you made the same mistake twice, then he'd, he'd be a bit upset about it. <laughs> you know, but everybody learns. And I was very fortunate about listening to what he had to say. Mm. And he was, very, again, very generous and free with his knowledge. Some, some people in our line of work will hoard their knowledge right. because they want to stay where they are. They don't want other people to challenge them. Yeah. If you're elected as branch secretary, which yeah. I currently am now, I've been elected as branch secretary, right. um, you don't let other reps go and do disciplines because you want to have that bit of power to yourself. Um, <laughs> and, I've, and I've seen this in other depots okay. where you, you, you hoard the power and the knowledge mm. and just let people have just what they need to do their role. So how does that um, that element that you're describing there, that idea of holding on to the power, how does that relate to your answer with it being learning it the easy way? So I, I was very lucky that the, the two reps that I had didn't do that. Right, okay. Um, it yeah. was very much a case of, um, right, okay, there's a discipline coming up, go and do it. Right, okay. <laughs> it, and if, if they believed I was co I was competent to do it, yeah. they wouldn't they would have put a member in that position of putting somebody incompetent in, mm. in doing it. Mm. Um, and even if it was a case of because of time constraints or whatever, they would be doing it. They'd discuss the case with me yeah. and ask me what I was I thought, right. and then say, ah, but have you thought of this or whatever? Yeah. It was a very very easy way of learning knowledge. And right. I've done the rep training, yeah, um, which is classroom based, and you go mm. in there and. Uh, again, I've had such a good grounding that I found that quite easy. Right, yeah. Um, and it's, I'm not academic. Mm. I, I'm terrible at school, no attention span. Mm. Uh, I love love history, but absolutely useless in history lessons <laughs> because uh, I just didn't have the attention span for sitting down there for an hour doing about whatever it was they wanted to do. I yeah. wanted to read, oh, there's another chapter that's more interesting. Yeah, yeah. Let's read about Rasputin, he's really <laughs> interesting, that sort of thing. Um, and... I actually found, because of the, 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 the base of knowledge that had been imparted to me by, by my peers, mm. um, that I actually had no issue at all being in the classroom doing the union training. Oh, right, because you've um, been set up quite well for it. Yeah. Um, and I do feel that I've been very, very fortunate. And I try to pass that on. Mm. Because um, a friend of mine who's a branch secretary at another depot mm. um, regularly contacts me for advice because they never had that. Oh, right, um, okay, so you get a chance to, to um, do it back, give it yeah. back as it were. There was, a, there was an issue that their branch basically was dissolved and they had new fresh elections and the old reps went away. Oh, right. So that was she literally starting from scratch Yeah. Um, and has worked very, very hard to mm. build the trust of the, the members there, mm. but just doesn't have that base of knowledge. And it's just been a case of you just pick the phone up, just oh, give me a call. Brilliant. Because I always had that. Yeah. Um, it's very hard sometimes not to preach because mm. sometimes you have to let people make their own steps <laughs> and find their own way because yeah. everybody has their own voice in this. Yeah. Um, I'm very fortunate now that I'm the branch secretary. I've got a branch chair and a branch vice chair mm. and we all have very, very different skills. Yeah. Um, and I'm very much a case of, right, what, do the, what does the rule book say? What does the legislation say? Okay. Um, and my vice chair will be, well, before we go down that route, let's just go and have a little word with the management and just, you know, a quiet word in their ear, just see, will they do it without us having to start yeah, going right. down the formal route? Right. Which is a great balance. And again, I've learned from him yeah. that not always is it a case of, right, I'm going to get the computer <laughs> out and start, and start banging off an angry email. <laughs> um, but I've been fortunate as well that um, 
Manchester is such a fantastic place for activism, for trade unionism. It really, yeah, it really is. I mean, it's the cradle of trade unionism in Britain. It's the birthplace of the TUC. And there are people, obviously, you know Ian Allenson, who's um, just produced his book. Yeah. Um, Again, another person who's incredibly generous and free with his his knowledge, Mm. um, to the extent that he's written a book, so other people should know what he knows. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, And I've just been blessed that wherever I've gone... My wife, you know, as we were saying before, she's uh, she's halfway around the world now with her trade union. She's on the national national body of her trade union. Yeah. And we met at the uh, in Manchester at the um, mechanics at the May Day oh, right. parade <laughs> seven and a half years ago. Oh wow! Um, and that's where we first met. And right. it was like you know, ever since then we've been together, and it was um, you know she's she's an absolute fount of knowledge as well. Mm. And we just sit there, you know, most couples would be sitting there watching Coronation Street or whatever. (laughs) We're talking about, you know, uh, um, trade union legislation and, uh, (laughs) you know, um, sickness absence policies and stuff like that. (laughs) So maybe you've learned it the easy way, maybe because it's in some way, not only the people around you have been very supportive, but maybe there's some kind of innate um, sort of, you resonate with it with it more or something. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think, um, do you I think do, it's that? I do resonate with it. Um, I've tried my hand at loads of things. I've tried being a rock star, playing in a band. Yeah, you know, know <laughs> I've run martial arts clubs oh. and all with a level of success. But it's always been something I've had to work at. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I was in a position when I was younger that I basically had uh, one of my parents who was never satisfied right right? and I wasn't Mm. as academic as my younger sister and she did really well academically and I would often get this quite often a tirade off off my mum about stuff and uh, and I tried and I tried and I tried to be good at what I was doing being in a band Mm. and all that kind of thing Mm. and it never really worked out for me Um, because I'm quite a lazy person at heart you know (laughs) (laughs) excuse me Um, uh, but I would, I would, I would put as much effort in as I thought I needed to put in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, those things are always down to fate and the other people in the band, how committed are they? That kind mm, of thing. Mm. And then when I started being a, um, getting involved in the trade union, so I actually wasn't a rep. I was um, not been um, a driver very long, and another driver who's she was a, a good friend of mine and mm. um, they, they brought a new type of bus out for us to try and she said no we need to be trained on that oh yeah and we're just going to put it on the road and let us drive yeah. it so she said come with me stormed <laughs> it at the manager's office no nope, these are the rules right and i thought oh i'm gonna you can't actually stand up to manager <laughs> yeah and then i got started getting involved in the trade union okay um, and i think since i've certainly since i've come to manchester it's like you know when you go to france and you, you learn french immersively immersive yeah um, I think I've done that with trade unionism it's been yeah. Manchester like I said is such a hotbed of this sort of thing yeah, yeah. especially the circles that we tend to move in yeah um, you always find somebody else who's uh, got another take on that yeah um, and I've been involved in so many picket lines for um, both you know bu- bus picket lines and other trade unions yeah, and you always yeah. meet people on the picket lines and yeah. the go northwest strike I was um Quite involved in the uh, the act- activism that went on around the strike, um, yeah. and again that was another. Um, it, it, it's this whole idea of solidarity, 
there's things that the trade union couldn't legally do, but mm. other passers-by getting involved could do because they weren't part of that trade union. Yeah. Uh, again, it was another learning experience. So loads um, of experiences, loads of um, time hearing the stories, being yeah. around people who were equally experienced or more experienced has kind of made the, it made you feel more intuitive, more natural, and you've been able to kind of try your hand and just yeah. learn through experience, like you, almost yeah. like immersively, like you say, if you were yeah. going to France to learn French. And, uh, and to turn the question on its head, I've never had, I've never learned with trade unions, I've never learned any lessons the hard way with it. All right, yeah. <clears throat> I've never ever, you know, gone out and massively made a, a real mess of things. Um, because I, I've, I've had that support from, mm. from people. And I feel blessed because, pe I mean, uh, some of the guys at work say, you're the best man for the job because you know your stuff. Yeah. Well, I do, but only because, what's that phrase about standing on the shoulders of giants? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it's not like I'm, I'm some sort of trade union genius or anything oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's just that somebody's pointed out to me that if you read that book there, there's some information that might be useful to you. Mm. And watch what I, come and watch me when I do discipline and then yeah. see what I do. Um, and when you watch three or four different people, you distill from their different styles you, you, what you find useful. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, every now and again, there is a need to go and kick a door in and bang your fist on the desk. <laughs> but you find very quickly it doesn't get you very far. Yeah. Um, so those people that want the trade union rep to be the one who kicks the door in and bangs the fist on the desk find that they don't get much out of it. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas I like to build up a, a rapport with the management. Yeah. Um, not a friendship. Yeah. <laughs> but um, not to be combative either. Right. Um, but to be able to say to them, say, look, you know, could we do this a different way? Right. Rather than go, right, here's the law. You know? Yeah. And every yeah. now and then you've got to. Yeah, and say, no, yeah. th this is the Equality Act 2010, bang, and you've breached it, so we need to do something about that. But mm -hmm. again, you go in and you, you have those conversations rather than start down the road of a formal grievance. Which yeah, just everybody's yeah. backs up and cause everybody time and, yeah. and emotional stress. You just, let's go in there and, and try and do it. And I've learned that from other people. Right, um, so it sounds like... Um, uh, the way that you've, like you say, being in Manchester, surrounded by all this um, history and knowledge, has meant that you could learn it just by just by kind of going out and doing it, combined with your ability to listen to other people's advice and feedback and listen and learn, has made it easy. Made it an easy. What was the question again? Learn the easy way. Learn yeah, the easy yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I, I I think so. Yes. I don't feel I've ever really had to put a lot of effort into it. Mm. I mean, I've taken it seriously, don't get me wrong. It's, these yeah. are all the people who... Uh, well, you said um, earlier when you were talking about the past when you were trying to be a rock star, you said, mm. you, did you say you're, you're, you tend to be a bit lazy? I'm inherently said? lazy, Inherently, yeah. like, that was it. I didn't want to quite say it <laughs> wrong. Um, but, but something's different with the, with the TU stuff. Mm. Because so either either you're just not inherently lazy, or there's something different about the TU stuff that makes you, I get maybe it's to do with it feeling more natural, or maybe it's more more curious to you. You like you know your curious curiosity's kind of um, tapped into to to just keep going. Oh, I'm, what, I wonder where this can go now. I wonder what we can do now with it. And there's something's different there. That, that yeah, I mean I. I regularly find myself in the office because the way that we work our shifts, we do a bit of driving in the in the first half of the day. Yeah. Um, and then we're in the office for the second half. And because yeah. we stagger the shifts, that means the office is covered for working hours yeah, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. 
and I generally am in there for the second half. Oh. And numerous times I've looked at my watch and gone, it's six o'clock, I should have finished 40 minutes ago. <laughs> and I've been in the throes of, you know, I've just, I've got, somebody's got an issue, I'm trying to deal with it, and then you just find that little thing that clicks, yeah. mm -hmm. and you go down the wormhole like you do with Google. Yeah. And it takes yeah, you from one yeah. piece of legislation <laughs> to the next, to the yeah. next, to the next. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I do get completely immersed in it. Um, I don't like to lose. Oh, so there's a double um, whammy there. It's and not it's not, that. not that I don't like to lose, but I don't like for my members to to not get what they need. Right, yeah. Um, and sometimes they do. Sometimes you've got somebody who comes to you and they've got a, an issue and you think, well, that can't be resolved. That's yeah. not that's not within the scope of it. It's not the gift of the company to, be, to give yeah. this to you. Yeah. Um, some people... They, they become bus drivers and they, they don't really realise it's it's shift work and it's, oh, yeah. it's seven days a week yeah. sometimes, well, yeah. you know, five days out of seven. Yeah. And they start saying, well, I need to spend more time at home with my family. And you can't really help them with that. You can you can go so far down that route, yeah. so make some adjustments, but mm. at the end of the day, the needs of, needs of the company come further, yeah. come first. Yeah. But, um, you know, we, we one of my favourite wins is appeals. When... Right. People have been given a sanction by one manager, mm -hmm. and you say, "Well, I think that sanction's too harsh, or that they've not read the mm. the rules properly, mm. or um, they've not understood what the issue was in the first place." So and that you, get that gets you into that um, the the desire to kind of fight for that person a little yeah. bit, and and maybe there's a sort of benevolence in that as well. Mm. Um, I think sometimes uh, I find people are more driven to do something when they're doing it for someone else sometimes than for themselves do you think there's some truth in that maybe i think so yeah i do think so um and some of it i was having a conversation with my daughter mm. um i've recently got her signed up to, to the union as well right, very great. beneficially for her as it turned out <laughs> um but she was she was saying to me i don't understand why you do this right you know she just doesn't get it's not interest any interest to her at all she she's a member of a union because it, it will help her with her, with her workplace mm, mm. um but she doesn't understand why i get so passionately involved with it right Interesting. um <clears throat> and i say well it boils down to the fact that when i was a kid i was bullied right. and as i got older and started being able to look after myself i didn't like to see other people being bullied and right. it's sort of an extension of that Ah, yeah. um, if you've got a decent manager yeah. then it's, it is a conversation that you have mm. but sometimes you do have managers or workplaces that will try and um, play fast and loose with the uh, yeah. another archery metaphor there play, fa <laughs> play fast and loose with the um, with the legislation or and, and I've had numerous friends who've been working for um, uh, one friend that I knew through the music festivals that I used to work with he got a job with a um, high street retailer one of the budget retailers right um and was on a 20-hour contract oh yeah but they wouldn't let him go home when there were deliveries on oh. um and he was you know i've got to get home pick the kids up etc yeah. etc et and they say no this is so get me a contract yeah get me a copy of the contract yeah. well they haven't given me one ah well the law says they have to <laughs> and then when i get a copy of the contract actually it says here that they can't do that um, and I've done that for a couple of friends, mm. you know, that aren't members of my union or aren't unionised themselves at the right. workplace, because I don't like to see people taken advantage of. Yeah, oh, that's um, good. Yeah, that, is, that you're able to and, actually uh, bring that practical support. Yeah. And the other thing, you know, in my workplace, because we are a, a unionised workplace and traditionally unionised, yeah. and quite a traditional workplace, mm. um, 
you sort of take on the role of um, a counsellor in some ways as well, mm. because people will come to you with a problem, and yeah. it might, at the end of the day, it might not be a problem the company can solve, right. but you can point in the direction that they can go. And right. my union, Unite, which is the probably the biggest union in, in the country, yeah. if not you know, one of them, if not the biggest, yeah. um, are very good with their ancillary services. Okay, yeah. And the company I work for are also very good with um, counselling services, sort mm -hmm. of independent counselling services that they will fund. Right. So sometimes people come to you with a problem that when you delve into it, if you listen to them and what they've got to say, it is not a trade union issue it's mm. not a workplace issue mm. but it's something a bit a bit deeper and more personal than that and yeah. if you can help them um somebody once came to me quite recently and they, they, it was an issue with overtime and them trying to get enough work and when yeah. when you actually sat down and had a conversation with them the issue was debt right right and they and had a lot of debt and you were able to point them in the right direction and I've been there myself. Yeah. I've been able to say, "Do you know we have a debt counselling service who can who can assist you with this?" Oh right, great. There's a phone number yeah. or an email mm. address. Mm. Get in touch with them and see what they say. And they've come back a couple of weeks later and gone, "Thank you. It's that's all been sorted. Mm. It's mm. been taken care of." Um, so it's definitely uh, there's definitely a, a sense of caring for the people. Absolutely. And and a and a, a drive and a sense of satisfaction from that. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's made it easier, I suppose. So I guess it's kind of chicken and egg which came first. <laughs> you know, that is that that the the satisfaction from helping other people yeah. or the desire to help people, and then you get the satisfaction. Yeah, I do get a satisfaction out of getting a positive result for people. Yeah, and you can't always do that, and it does bother me if we can't get the person what they want, and that person says, "Well, I'm going to have to leave the workplace." Yeah. Um, sometimes you just got to accept that this job isn't isn't right for that person. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes people will seem to go out to out of their way to sabotage their own, own careers and like, why did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to just kind of work out um, where your where your edges are for that yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can you can pull off a miracle and save somebody's that should have been fired down the road and, and save <laughs> their job and yeah. go, right, you've had one more chance. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, when that happens, it's great, and sometimes it doesn't happen, and sometimes you go, "I really don't know how we can how we can help you with this." All we can do is try and mitigate what's happened and try and get you the. Um, famously, if it and it hasn't happened in my workplace for since I've been a um, a branch officer. Yeah. But famously, in bus driving, if you're caught using your phone in the cab, That's um, it. it's a big no no. <laughs> and now the company could, by right, say. We are going to report you to the traffic commissioner. We're going to lose. You're going to lose your job. Oh God, yeah. Obviously, it's going to you're going to lose your license, oh, yeah. or it's going to be suspended, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it it's it's useful if you can actually have the conversation with the company and say, will you let the person resign? Right. Because if they resign, it's not on their record. You yeah. don't have to get to mm -hmm. unless they've had an accident while they're doing it. You yeah. don't necessarily have to get the traffic commissioner involved. Yeah. They can learn from their lesson and go on to another bus company, and mm -hmm. hopefully. You know, build their build their career back Come up back, again and build yeah. their life back up again. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's all you can do. You can't save a person's job, but you can stop them being, you know, losing their license and and mm, you know making it worse. Making it worse. Um, nobody likes to see other people suffer. Um, Hopefully not. And and the other thing that comes into it is the political side of things because mm. you can, people say oh, I'm not interested in politics. 
Like you've joined a trade union, that's a political decision. Yeah, and in today's environment, I mean, just talking to people, mm. um, I'm sure you've seen the, uh, the what's been going on in the local, you know, in the, the national news. Yeah. And people say, oh, bring Boris back. And these are drivers. And you go and say, are you aware of the legislation they're trying to put through Parliament? Six months ago, you were asking for us to go out on strike yeah. over our pay deal. Yeah. Um, if this legislation goes through Parliament, you won't be able to do that. Yeah, well, yeah. what do you mean? And it's the, the there's the political education, mm, but mm. you can't go kicking the door in on the the, yeah, the mess room and going Corbyn was right all along. Yeah, or anything <laughs> you like that. You've got to have ways. you've got to have these gentle conversations yeah. to think about. You know, oh, I would never have voted for Corbyn, or I'd never vote for Starmer, or yeah. whatever. Mm. Well, why not? Well, I don't like them. Don't trust them. Whatever. Mm. I'd vote for Vaughan. Well, you know, have a conversation with them about. Exactly what are you voting for, and what is the le- legislation, yeah. or what are their policies, yeah, um, yeah. and how would that affect you? Yeah. I and mean, sometimes you can see the little light bulb moment where it comes on that actually, you know, so this educate education yeah. kind of beyond the realms of, of, of mm. I suppose, trade unionism is a broad subject, isn't it? And of, like you say, it leans very, very much on the politics, so you can find yourself in that educational role, yeah. even just uh, trying to help people. To get aware about that. Now, what I'd really, what I'd really like to do now is just bring, bring it back to uh, that personal storyline. Because with the tell me more stuff, we, we, yeah. I like to always speak come from the personal stuff. Because um, when we get to kind of more sort of umbrella subjects, it, it's, uh, I think it, it becomes then a debate about objective ideas rather mm-hmm. than becoming a sharing of that that self story. Yeah. So thinking about the uh, what I've learned the easy way, is there another thing that you thought of another another thing that you think you've learned the easy way as well as that trade unionism? Um, I was thinking about that when I was driving here and I think mm. that because th- what triggered that that thought of the trade unionism was the 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 very very excellent teachers I've had. Yeah. Um, and my martial arts career, I've always been blessed with really good teachers as well. Oh, awesome. Again, generous teachers who've given their time. Yeah. Um, I've never had a teacher who has been doing it as a profession. Oh, they've right. Always been, they've always been doing it voluntarily in the evenings. That oh, wow. They run the club voluntarily, <laughs> so long as the club wow. pays its way. Yeah. Um, and I was very fortunate to be in a position when my... Um, because the, the, the I currently study karate. Right. That was my first martial art. Was a, a different style of karate. I used to do wado ryu. I do okay. shito ryu now. Okay. Um, but I had a little hiatus. I had a motorcycle accident when I was seventeen. Oh, wow. Got into um, girls and rock bands and stuff like that. <laughs> Decided I want to get back into martial arts. Um, and the I saw an advert for Japanese sword. Oh yeah. The arts called the Ido. Yeah. And I went along, and this little old man who looked like Yoda. Um, <laughs> was um, ex-military, but very, very generous with his time and, and you know, accepted me into his, his school and taught me. And he also taught Aikido. Oh, right. And the two arts sort of intertwine. Mm. So I started learning Aikido as well. Mm. I was very fortunate. And he wasn't a soft teacher. <laughs> and when I, when yeah. I went for my first stand with the sword, I had him and his instructor standing either side of me. I was the only person there in the, the class the night before. And I did the basics again and again oh and again, God. and they drilled me. So it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, touchy feely, nice, soft <laughs> stuff. It was, you will do it till you get it right. Oh wow! Um, but then but I went. But you out, still could put that under the banner of learning the easy way, even though you had that it, intense yeah, experience. Because because I had such such good teachers right. that when I went to do the the um, went to do the uh, the grading, I just sailed through it. 
And then six months later, we had the Japanese head head instructors over from Japan. Oh, wow. And they were pointing at me going, and a, and a couple of my, my colleagues going, they should be second downs. Oh, right. Because wow. they were rating me against what the Japanese ah, students brilliant. were doing. Yeah. Um, and it was, again, it was this, this idea that both my instructor and his instructor had is, you train the person beyond the grade they're going for. Great, yeah. Yeah. Train hard, fight easy. Yeah. This is another way yeah. of looking at it. Um, and again, it was this generosity of time that wow. he would quite happily spend that entire evening with his instructor just working on me because I had a grade coming up the next day just wow. to get me through this. And they were doing day. it, they were volunteers. All volunteers. Wow. Yeah. So I guess they were kind of in their in the zone as well, thinking about, you know, the feedback loop there. Yeah. They were having the opportunity, a little bit like when you were talking about doing the trade union work when you get to support someone else. Although I guess, is that a paid role or is that volunteer as well? My trade union work, um, I do it, I have facilities time. Yeah. So I'm paid by the company to drive for half a day and to spend half a day in the office so I can do trade union stuff. Yeah. Um, which is an agreement that's been drawn up between the union and the, yeah. and the, um, okay. and the, the company. Okay. Um, but when I was learning, when I was a vehicles rep, um, I didn't really get facilities time. Meetings were in company time. Right. But a lot of the other stuff I did, if I was working a split shift, I'd go into the union office in between the split shift in my own time. Yeah, right, okay. Um, and especially when COVID was on and we were, we were low on numbers and stuff like that. Um, and then when my branch secretary um, got the full-time officer's job and we were left with just a branch chair, yeah. and he's trying to do both roles, mm. um, I went in there to support him. So... Uh, you know, right. gave up my own time yeah um but even though like i said you know we sometimes you'll end up six o'clock and you go oh, i should have been home 20 minutes ago <laughs> right yeah um, okay. sometimes you do go above and beyond mm. um mm. there's uh, i will be on saturday morning going with one of my uh, members to something she's got to go and do right. which is tied into her her job okay um and i'm just going to give up my saturday morning to go and help her Right, um, yeah. I'm on the Trades Council, so that's done in your own time. Yeah, so there's an awful lot of this outside going to picket lines. and yeah. You could just stay within the depot and just do what you get doing your paid company, in company yeah. time yeah. and still function quite perfectly well as a, a rep. Yeah. But you, I'd find that very insular. Mm. Trade unionism is about in, um, intersectionality yeah. and interconnectedness oh, yeah. and solidarity and support. Yeah. And I support you, you support me. Mm. Um, that famous line from the film Pride, you know, when they're, they're talking up at the castle, I support you, you support me, right. you, whoever you are, wherever you, yeah, yeah, you're from. Brilliant. Um, and that's why I got involved in the Trades Council. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah. Is, that, you know, again, to go and support people that maybe don't have that support or mm -hmm. provide information they don't have. Mm. Um, it's, again, it's a pooling of knowledge, isn't it? So, so I guess your karate teacher was doing a kind of a version of what you're doing in the sense that they were, they were, they were volunteering really. Yeah. They were doing it because they got a satisfaction out of providing that support for yeah. for someone who was learning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have known people who've been to other martial arts schools where that person has done it to make a living. Yeah, because I didn't know, not um, knowing martial arts, I would have just completely assumed it was all. It was all like they were a business, their business. And some of them are. Um, I, I ended up taking over the school from this, this man when he moved away. Oh, right. <laughs> I ended up running it. Wow. I carried on running it purely, as long as it paid for itself. Yeah. Um, and if there was a little bit of money left at the end of the, the year, we'd have a little Christmas party for the kids. <laughs> um, but it was entirely self-financing. Right. And I gave up my time freely. Wow. Um, and then I moved 
the sword class um, to another location, another mm. dojo, mm. and that was run by somebody who started out doing karate when I started out doing karate as a kid, mm. and that was his business. Okay. So he ran the he ran the the whole thing as a business. Yeah. And they had fitness classes there. He yeah. and his partner ran the the whole thing. Mm. Um. So they made a living out of it. Yeah. I wouldn't say they lived like kings, but they made enough to yeah. You know, pay their mortgages mm. and stuff like that. And there's mm. nothing wrong with doing that. Of course not. Um. But my my sword instructor has always said it was it's about passing on. The the sword style is called Muzo Jikiden Ryu, and the Jikiden means um, from teacher to student. It's Say like the name again. Muso Jikiden Eishin Ryu. Okay. <laughs> Muso Japanese, means, I presume. Yes. Muso <laughs> means without equal. Right. Um, Jikiden means from teacher to student. Okay. Um, Eishin Ryu. Hasegawa Eishin was one of the uh, most important headmasters in the lineage. Okay. And he brought some other styles into it. Right. Ryu, Ryu means school. Oh, um, okay. So Muso Jikiden Eishin Ryu. <laughs> the, the important part was the Jikiden. Right. Who's teacher to student? Oh, right, um, yeah. And apparently, and I, I found this out when you know, they were saying he should have been a second dad, um, <laughs> is the Japanese could tell which students, not only who our teacher was, but who his teacher was I've heard by about the style. This, actually, so yeah. when you're using your sword, you're drawing the sword, it, it, it's, it's, it's done as kata, it's done without partner work. It's just, just solo. You, you said kata, is kata that solo? Forms, work? yeah, solo yeah. work. Yeah. Um, and they could look at the way that I would draw a sword and do the cuts with it. Yeah. And they would say, well, obviously, he, he and he have all trained with that person because that's how he does it. And he trains with that person <laughs> because that's how he does it. And they could, they could pick out this lineage. And I guess that's because they were training their, their method so precisely that, yeah. that you'd literally be able to see by the way they drew it, the little... Uh, it, it, I'm thinking of like the analogy of um, accents, you know, how you can kind of tr trace how language gradually, or accents and, and uh, dialects, sorry, dialects, yeah. uh, gradually change over over distance yeah. in different, within the UK, classically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's almost like a, a movement uh, dialect. Very much so. Yeah. Um, my daughter's um, got hearing impairment. Right. So she's done, I mean, she, she lip reads and she has hearing aids, but mm. we've done quite a bit of work on sign language great. and I actually did my British pay help oh, great. through the trade union learning program I, I oh, did um, level one BSL a number of oh, years brilliant. ago and there's dialect in that as well yeah yeah I've heard. and you, you can see by the way that people move their hands yeah where in the country they're from and I thought well <laughs> you would think it would, it would be standardized yeah <laughs> and it isn't it, 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 it there is a dialect and it's the same with with martial arts and with yeah. the uh, you can some people can actually tell you what part of Japan or Okinawa that art came from originally, just yeah. by the way that you you wow. move with it. Wow! Um, but yeah, again, getting back to the what did, mm. did you learn the easy way? Mm. Um, I was blessed again with with teachers who were willing there to share their knowledge for free. Right. You know, wow. and all they asked for you in return was that you put the work in. Do you think the teacher component is a because this I'm noticing the theme there. Um, do you think that's a really big part of, of the learning easy is that there, not only was there a teacher, but the teacher was great and you were receptive to being taught. Yeah. I mean, thinking about certain circumstances where there isn't a teacher, you can then I guess, does that, would that automatically mean that then it would be, you couldn't learn it the easy way because there wasn't a teacher there? Well, I taught myself <laughs> to play guitar. Yeah. Um, from books and from, I mean, didn't have videos back then, but you know, <laughs> watching status quo on top of the yeah, box or whatever. Yeah. Um, I taught myself to play guitar. 
Um, and <laughs> I would watch anybody who played, and I would talk to people who played and say, yeah. how did you do that? Right. And nowadays it's so easy because you've got YouTube. Oh, and so you've many got amazing apps guitar and stuff. Guitar tabs yeah. and apps and all sorts <laughs> yeah. of stuff. Um, and I did do a little bit of teaching. Um, right. teaching guitar mm. um, but I never felt I was just for beginners I never felt I was mm. ever competent enough to do more than just get people going yeah but I had two students who went on well three students who went on to much better things yeah and I it mean. was just a case of me giving them that little push get them started they they ran with it yeah one's now a, a professional guitar teacher oh, another right. one's um currently touring in a band <laughs> and the third one went on she um ends up ends up working in a recording studio Oh wow! Um, yeah. And that's gratifying to see you know, yeah. students who who do things, um, but way beyond what I was able to show them. Yeah, um, I wonder if there's I wonder if there's a, an example you can think of about something you learned the easy way, which doesn't point to there being a teacher, or maybe that is like a fundamental component of it being e the easy way. I think good teacher is important. Yeah, uh, um, well, it also like good pupil because you can have a great teacher, if the, but if the person's not receptive. To, to you know being taught uh, like for example I would probably be a nightmare because I like I, the best way for me to learn is to, I have to just get out and try stuff um, I can probably count on one hand the number of times I've taken what someone has said is the way to do it mm. and then gone okay and got on with it because I'm like hang on I need to find out for myself what works I, I don't know <laughs> I don't think I've ever learn to do something the easy way that hasn't had a had a, a good teacher yeah and it's got to be something i'm interested in yeah um and i think it's now you've said it i think it's always something that i want to pass on to other people right um i don't think i want to learn stuff for myself yeah so much as learn stuff that will I, I can then share with other people oh wow that's um, really interesting yeah. yeah i mean i'm i made it a mission when i became Secretary of my uh, of my branch, yeah. that every single rep will get their basic training, and then we'll start doing disciplines. Right. So we don't have that hoarding of knowledge. Mm, good. And this is these are my knowledge and skills, and you can't you can't have them. <laughs> um, so that everybody, two and a half years time when we're up for election again, I want every single one of those reps to be in a position where they, if they want to, they could challenge me for my role. Right. That no. they should have the skills mm -hmm. to do what I do because that yeah. will only benefit the members. Brilliant, yeah. So that proliferation of, of knowledge, of ideas, of experience. Yeah. Yeah. Fireworks are going crazy. I know. <laughs> Just what you want any Don't podcast. get me started on fireworks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything I've learned easy that's that you learn the easy way that hasn't had a good teacher. Right, wow. Yeah. Wow, maybe that's the um, magic formula. I suppose things that you can read, like history. I love history. You can be your own teacher in a way. But then uh, that's the teacher <clears> in the book, so the teacher is the author. But the teacher is the author in the book. Yeah, if it's a good book. Um, then, yeah. If it's good and well, well written. Mm, um, mm. Again, history lessons at school left me cold. <laughs> but give me a good history book and I can get stuck into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the book is the teacher, yeah. Or the oh, author is the teacher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I really want to think about that more now, like try and, you know, like scientific approach, try and mm. break it. Is there a thing that was learned easy that didn't have a teach, something that could be called a, a teacher? Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? You've got me thinking about that now as yeah, well. Like yeah, like I just want to, I want to like break, try and break it down, you know, the, like I say, the scientific approach. Yeah. 
try and make it fail. <laughs> then I mean, it's robust some, I, enough. <laughs> I think sometimes you must get people like uh, Nikola Tesla, mm. who was just, where did that stuff come from? Yeah. Because nobody taught no him No one could teach, yeah, yeah. That mm. all came out of his mind. Um, and, and just a phenomenal man. Yeah. And I was just reading about him today, which is why that yeah, popped right. into my head. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think everything that's come easy for me has is, is been down to having a good teacher and oh. having an interest in it. Yeah, that, that magical combo. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing with, with us all, everyone that's listening. And, um, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so chuffed that you were my uh, first volunteer for the podcast. The I, knew it was, I knew we'd have a great chat. I knew it was going to be good. So I'll... Uh, I'll say goodbye. I'll say goodbye and yeah. we'll, we'll let this one fly. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope our conversation has given you some entertainment and gifts of insight or curiosity that you can take away into your own life. If you want to know more about the various Tell Me More card decks available, please go to www.tellmemorecards.co.uk and you can email me from there with any other comments or questions too. Thanks for listening and until next time, stay curious. Joy.